retreat this morning. He comes from Pennsylvania, or yeah, Pennsylvania, and he he's a huge blessing to Fellowship Church. Uh, he's become a an ear for the pastor. He's become a mentor for the pastor and an encourager for the pastor. You know, pastor's up here and he's a strong man and he's a great preacher. You know, but he's also human and he needs some love and he needs somebody to talk to once in a while. And this man's become that for our pastor. So if you don't mind giving a round of applause and your attention to Pastor Steve. I just want to go on record as saying the pastor helps me more than I help him. <laughs> he's such a great guy, I'll tell you. I just, uh, I just love him. Well, I'd like to introduce my wife. She's back here. Uh, stand up, honey, and let everybody see you. She hates this. That's, uh, Forty-four years last Wednesday, March 30th. We're going for the record. The record in our immediate family is 64. That's how long my mom and dad were married before dad passed away two years ago, February 27th. And I was sharing this with some of the staff, some of the office, Alex and, and uh, Roger, and I said, is there anybody in the congregation that's been married longer than 64 years? And they said, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone had been married. I don't know if they're still alive or not, but it was 80 years, I think. 80 years, Roger? 80 years. They must have got married when they were like 10. <laughs> what a privilege it is to be here. Now, I'm, uh, I was 40 years working in Orchard Hills Christian Fellowship in Apollo, and I'm technically still there. I'm just taking a love-myself vacation. You have to do that, you know. The Bible says that you should love others as you love yourself. So for the last six months, I've been doing that. <laughs> so I've got a lot of love to give. <laughs> Actually, my wife was telling me, um, whenever we come down to Florida, and, and you know, you're kind of retired, I don't want you to turn into a bohunk. Now, I didn't know what a bohunk was, so I Googled it. And I'm not from Bohemia. So I asked her, what's that mean? And she says, well, I don't want you to gain weight. Then we went on a cruise. <laughs> and then one of those all-inclusive Cancun things. What was that about? They give you all this food. Well, I've been on those box diets. They have them at Walmart, you know. You eat the stuff in the box that tastes like cardboard, and then you lose weight called Nutra-something. It's not working too good yet, but I'm trying. The second thing she said is that you have to get a haircut. Well, my barber's back in Pittsburgh, and he's the only one who's ever cut my hair. And uh, so, you know, it had been about three months since I had a haircut, and I said, honey, we're incognito. Nobody knows us down here. And she said, nobody will want to know us either. <laughs> so I, out on Placida, they, maybe you saw this, they had this um, sign for um, haircuts for $4.95. It's hard for me to pass up a deal like that. I pay almost three times that back home with tips. So I pulled into this place, and... 
I'd never been to a place like this. All the chairs were lined up like right here with women sitting in them. And all the barbers were women. And I thought, what? Is this for men? And then I saw this computer thing, and there, there were all the names of the people. They got my name was right at the bottom. Then, thank goodness, men started coming in, too, and they looked okay. So I stayed and got my hair cut, $4.95, and I've been back there. <laughs> so I'm taking care of that one. <laughs> what was the other thing? Oh, my teeth. She says, you've got to take care of your teeth. I got one missing right here. And um, it really needs pulled, but I'm on Coumadin, praise the Lord. And you can't go to a dentist and get teeth pulled or you'll bleed to death. So as much as I love dentists, I've got to wait until something happens there and I can get rid of that problem. Then I can get, I'll get it done, honey, don't worry. I don't want to be a bohunk. So uh, thank the Lord God is so good to us. Last time we began the service by saying that God is the creator of all the world that we're in. And we got to see how big that world was. Got to look at the galaxies, hundreds of thousands of galaxies out there in the world that God has created. The sun, the moon, and the stars on the fourth day, the Bible says God created them. But I want to share something with you before I preach today on how minute, the microbiological aspect of God. How God deals with not only the big things out there, but He deals with the small things also. And we're going to take a look at this. We've got some sort of, uh, here's a reverse the curse, how cool that is. Um, probably we can get something up there, we'll take a look at that. It's called laminin. And this is a picture of laminin. It's the glue that holds our cells all together, the glue that holds the body together. You'd just be like a bowl full of jelly if it weren't for lamellin. I'd like you to take a look at this because when they draw it and they show how it goes around, wraps around the cell and the atoms, it forms what? It forms a cross. We're kept alive, held together by a cross. And there's also a picture of this that shows what it's like right in our body. And this is the picture of it. You can tell it's in the shape of a cross. Isn't it wonderful that God puts His fingerprint on the smallest things in our lives also? I just love that. I just love that. It's the hand of God. It shows how much He loves us. And what a great God we have. It's just unbelievable. It's going to take all of eternity and then more than we ever have to learn all that God has to share with us about Himself. It's going to be so good. You know, we're just not going to lay around in heaven. We've got stuff to do there. And God is going to be teaching us. And we're going to be learning more about Him. And our God is a creative God. Don't think He's done creating. He may just be getting started. And so we can praise a Lord that's going to be about wonderful work. And so we're going to take a look at the reverse of the curse. Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 through 19 says, All things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, 
whether there be thrones or dominions or powers or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. If you look at the last word there, consist, that means the glue that holds everything together in our world. I was doing a um, Bible class in our Christian school. I don't know how long ago it was. It was years. But I took a watch apart and I put it in a paper bag. And I held it up and I said, how long do you think I would have to toss this bag up and down before the watch would come back together ticking? And they said, never. (laughs) Which is right. It never would. So how do you get such a, a, a universe like we have that has such intricacy, such detail, without intelligence putting something like that together? And it's absolutely impossible. We have a God who holds all things together. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. For it pleased him that the Father should have all fullness dwelt in him. I love the fact when you look at Jesus, you're looking at God. Perfect. What's even more wonderful is that God can become so real in us that we're living like that. We get that picture. We can show people what God is like by the things that we do, like reaching out to families that need help, sharing the gospel with people in our community that need Jesus. There is always, absolutely always, something we can do to share Christ in our community, even on a daily basis. Evil is to live backwards. Can we say that together? Because it will stick better that way. Evil is to live backwards. You see that, don't you? Evil is to live backwards. Sin produces death. It didn't always used to be that way, but it's that way now. And to Adam, he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat it all the days of thy life. And then in Genesis 3, 17 through 19, Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. Thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return into the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. Also in Romans 5.12, Whereas by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin so that death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And then in Ecclesiastes 3.20, All go into one place, all are of the dust, and all turn to dust again. And one more, Ecclesiastes 12.7, Then shall the dust return to earth as it was, and the Spirit return unto the God who gave it. 
I'm here to tell you that the body goes down to the dust, but your soul and your spirit do not. The moment, as a Christian, you die will be the best day of your life spiritually. You're going to open your eyes in heaven immediately. And that's really what we have when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. So the earth and the universe were and are affected by sin. We know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain until now. Whole creation means universe, everything. And in fact, there's a term that describes what this is about. We have constant hardships, sufferings, and trials. They're all the result of the curse caused by sin. Psalms 90.10 The days of our years are threescore years, and then ten, maybe. And if by reason the strength they be fourscore years, yet it is strength of labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. All of this because of sin. The term we want to take a quick look at is called entropy. Entropy is that um, thing that happens as a result of sin in our life. It's the gradual decline into disorder. Maybe you've heard this even in terms of the universe. The sun is burning out. I think we're safe for a while. But if the Lord at some point... It's burning out. Just like our bodies, everything about us is wearing down. You probably hit, most of you have hit this already. When you're 20 years of age or so, you're at your peak. And from that point on, you're headed downhill. Some of you are young enough. You know what it is. You'll know what it is to peak yet. But most people here, including myself, are going the other direction. We're winding down. Entropy is the result of sin. It didn't used to be that way. One of the greatest arguments against evolution is that there is no evidence today of things improving, rather they're reversing. Well, if things were improving, you'd have this uh, evolving aspect where things were getting better. You'd still see things moving into uh, something new, something better than before. That just doesn't happen in the creation in which we are part of. However, before the fall of man, the world was much different. We can be glad because that's the kind of world we're going to come to eventually. Adam and Eve would have lived forever had they not sinned. And in fact, when you look in the Scripture, there's no way to tell exactly how long they lived before they sinned. It could have been a long, long time. But eventually, they did sin. The Garden of Eden would have been a norm for earth. If you can picture, I had this stark contrast between what's in my yard back home and what's in my yard here. In my yard here, I have flowers blooming. I have green grass. I have plants springing up trees that have leaves on them. It's really quite magnificent in comparison to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania right now. My mother sent me a picture, and this morning it was 26 degrees in Pittsburgh, and it had snowed last night. It's to be 21 degrees when we get home tomorrow. 
We're, uh, we're leaving right after church, getting out of town, you know what I mean? <laughs> but that's not the way it used to be. Perfect weather, perfect conditions. Animals would have never preyed on each other. Did you see the picture of that woman who was down there in that kind of like boardwalk thing, corkscrew or whatever it was called, and the panther came running around there? How did she ever keep that camera focused on that panther as it was coming right to her? I don't know how she did that, but how would you like a world where animals were friendly and they didn't eat each other and they didn't eat you? That's the kind of world that used to be and was part of the Garden of Eden. The universe won't be burning out. It wasn't burning out then. Everything was, if you're going to use the term evolve, before the flood, before sin entered the world, there was a, an evolution of good. Things would have continued in a very positive way. But again, we want to see the reverse of that curse. Can it happen again? Will it happen again in, um, in our future? And I'm here to tell you that it will. The reverse of the curse. A new earth and a new universe like as before the rebellion. God is going to do that. And we're going to be around to see it whom the heaven and the earth must receive until the times of the restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of His holy prophets since the world began. Now, restitution of all things has to do with remaking things, bringing things back to where they used to be, causing a complete revitalization of the whole world. Revelation 22.3 says, And there shall be no more curse, I like that. No more curse. But the throne of God and the throne of the Lamb and the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. That is the reverse of the curse. A world such as we have not known because we've been living in a world that has the curse upon it because of sin. Isaiah 65:17 says for behold I create a new heavens and a new earth and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind This is the promise of God the reverse of the curse and we can be glad for that because it's going to occur very soon I believe How could something like this happen Well we're going to look at scripture First fruits. First fruits in the Scripture always are an indication of something that's going to come first of all and then continue to come in a very powerful way. And the Scriptures talk about first fruits. 1 Corinthians 15, 20-23. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that sleep. The beginning of the reverse of the curse occurs with Christ as that person who has risen from the dead. He overcomes death. The Bible says he got the keys of death and of hell. They don't belong to Satan anymore. They belong to our Lord and Savior. Verse 23 says, But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, and afterward they that are Christ at His coming. These are powerful Scriptures that tell us what's going to occur James 1.18 says, He begat us with the word of truth. 
that we should be a kind of first fruits of his of his creatures. So Christ is first, and then we see Christ redeeming all those who will put his faith or their faith in him. And how could something like this happen? It happens because of our Lord and Savior, and all creation is going to follow along. We are first, but creation itself is going to have this reverse of the curse. We're cursed by Adam's sin, but reversed by Jesus Christ. He's called the second what? The second Adam. And so he has this very powerful work he's going to do. Now this is a little mind-boggling. When you look at Scripture and it talks about something that has never happened before, it takes some faith. But let me tell you, you should believe it. Because the Bible is true. Every word of the Bible. And so, when you look at Isaiah 30, 26, Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun. Isn't that going to be cool? You go outside at night and it's like daylight. And then the sun shall be sevenfold as the light of seven days. In the day that the Lord bindeth up the breach of His people and healeth the stroke of their wound. And Isaiah makes it clear, something's going to happen. It's going to change. Our world is going to improve. And everything that was the result of the curse is going to be changed. Let's talk about rain for a minute. Now back home, I don't even want to talk about the weather there, but... It's so much different than here. Um, when you look at Seattle and Pittsburgh, they're almost identical. Seattle has like 10 days a year where it's sunny. Pittsburgh might have 20. It rains. It's cloudy. It's windy. It's a godforsaken place. <laughs> Anglewood. Let's look at that. Oh, man, I just... I can't get enough of the sun. It's just out almost every day. And if it isn't out, it's just what's well, going to be. You know, it's going to be later in the day. It's not going to be cloudy all day. It's a great place. It's such a positive thing to have happen to you to see that sun shining out there. It does something for your whole attitude. Praise the Lord for that. I'll be glad when God curses fire ants. I standing out in my yard just minding my own business. I had my sandals on. My shorts, which I've worn almost every day, I've been in Florida. And there was a little pile of, I don't know, it looked like a little pile of sand. And I just thought, well, I'll just straighten that out a little bit. And I was standing there, glad that I had leveled that area of raised up dirt, until I looked down and saw all these little tiny ants. They must be all teeth. They start biting you, and I guess they sting you somehow. And pretty soon I was doing a dance that I didn't know how to do. As far as I am concerned, fire ants are part of the curse. And God's going to get rid of them. And lastly, snakes. I want to show you this scripture. It's so powerful concerning snakes. Isaiah 11, 6 through 8. Isn't this something? The wolf is going to lie down with the lamb. 
The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The cat shall lie down with the young lion and the fatling together. A little child shall lead them. This is not our world, but it is the world to come. And we can be glad that God is going to cure this snake problem. In fact, the cow and the bear are going to feed together. The young ones shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. And finally this. The suckling child. That's your little kids. They'll play at the hole of the asp. A very poisonous snake. And children shall put their hand on the cockatrice den. There is absolutely no fear. I'd went on a bike ride out to, um, it was across San Casa and then beyond the pool. There's a bike path back there, and that's not too far from where I live. So I ride the bike over there. You can go through the trails, and as you get near the end, Lemon Bay High School is on the right. You come to the parking lot, and then if you swerve past the parking lot, it takes you on another little run down towards the uh, the water, and you're going underneath the bridge on this boardwalk. And then at the end of the bridge, there's this nice little place to sit down and rest a little bit. I was sitting right there, talking to my wife on the phone, telling her how beautiful this was. And I looked up, and there was a huge snake. Just... Uh, I don't know, three feet away. It had crawled up, you know, the sun itself. And um, I took a picture of it, and I sent it to her, and she said, that would do it for me. (laughs) Now, it was a red snake. I don't know anything about the snakes around here. But maybe the red snakes aren't poisonous. I don't know. Back home, they are copperheads. But uh, I wasn't going to ask it. I just got out of there. But all creation is going to come along. It will be Eden again on earth. Mountains and the hills shall break forth with singing. Isaiah 55, 12-13 For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees shall clap their hands. You remember singing that when you were a little kid? All the trees of the field shall clap their hands. You start clapping your hands back and forth and singing and shouting for joy. And it's the Lord that's going to do this. Instead of the thorn that shall come upon the fir tree, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. It looks to me like you'll be able to walk through Florida jungle without a machete. It looks to me like everything is going to be put into perfection by the Lord. And He's going to do it. It will be Eden again upon the earth. That's what the Bible says, and that's what I believe. And I think that we're going to be able to enjoy it as God's children. Let's talk about animals for a moment. Wouldn't you like to talk to your animal? I mean, you know they want to talk to you. They just can't seem to get it out without barking or doing something like that. But what if you could talk with them? Well, you can look in the Scriptures and see that there was a time where animals 
even ones we may not like so much, could talk. And look at this. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field that God had made. And he said unto the woman, he said unto the woman, the serpent spoke. Let me, let me prod your mind just a little more. When the serpent did this, the serpent was cursed. And it had to crawl up on the ground, right? It crawled up on the ground because of the curse that was put upon it. So what was it like before the curse? Was it walking? Maybe. It was definitely talking. And um, uh, Adam and Eve didn't have any trouble. They didn't take off running. It must have been something that had happened before. Now that would that would put some scare into us if your dog would say to you, Hello, how are you today? <laughs> in fact, I got a good scare. I just went into the bathroom and had adjusted myself and was ready to sit down when a voice came out from my... I didn't know where it was from. It said in a woman's voice, I can't understand what you said. Left my pants and got out of there and looked around. (laughs) Do you know what it was? Somehow I had hit Google. It was that Google thing. I was really relieved. (laughs) But someday, I'm here to tell you, you're going to talk to your animals. They're going to speak with you. Let's look at another scripture. This isn't so far out. Numbers 22.30. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am not I the ass upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever wont to do so unto thee? And um, Balaam said, No. No. Now, if this is the truth, and a donkey spoke to Balaam after the curse... There's an angel up there that's going to kill Balaam if he keeps going. The donkey stops. Balaam starts beating it. And the donkey says, what have I done? And Balaam answers. Animals are going to speak in the future. We're going to be able to talk to them, I believe. Everything's going to be evolving towards the Lord. Because He will reverse the curse. Man will become Immortal. You're not now, but you're going to be. You're going to have a body that's absolutely perfect, disease-proof. You're going to look young again. When my dad passed away, he was 84 years old, so, well, he looked young. We would go sometimes into a store, and he'd introduce himself. And they would say as they looked at me, this must be your brother. Well, Dad was thrilled with that. But I wasn't. (laughs) So I got pictures of him of what he looked like in his 20s. I have these in my office. You see, when I get to heaven and I see my dad, I don't think he's going to look 84 years old. I picture him somewhere around the age of Christ, maybe 25 to 30 years of age, So I got pictures of what he looked like then. I want to recognize that man. 
And the same with my wife and I. When we had our wedding picture taken, the kids looked at it and said, Mom, you robbed the cradle. Well, maybe I did, but we were a lot younger looking than we look now. But God is going to fix that. You're going to be immortal in a body in its prime. And you're going to be glorified. And everything about you is going to change in a a better, more positive way. Let me just add one more thing here because it's so thrilling to me. You know, we're using spaceships to get to outer space. There's a program set up where we might go to Mars. It's going to take so many months to get there. So that they're testing now how men will react in space if they're there for over a year. Just so you know, space travel as we know it now will be obsolete. You get where you need to go with thought propulsion. Where God wants you, you get there automatically. Now, I find that to be a praise for myself. I, I mean, I don't mind gasoline prices when they're $2, but when they go up to 4 and $5, I'm looking for another way of transportation. We're going to have the best means of transportation in the future when God reverses the curse, traveling not like we do now, but God wants you someplace and you are there as He has demanded you to be or wants you to be. Just as if sin never existed. That's the world I'm looking for. And that's the world, according to the Scripture, that we are going to get. We should have figured this because we've been praying it for a long time. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You remember that, don't you? Don't you pray that prayer. Don't you believe God will fulfill it? I'm here to tell you He's going to, and our world is going to be different because of it. It's going to be more like heaven than the world we know now. Are you ready for the curse to be reversed in your life? There are things you have to do for that to happen. You need your sins forgiven. When I was very young, I thought, I got lots of time. I was 12 years old. My parents drugged me to church all the time. We'd go on Wednesdays. We'd go on Fridays to prayer meeting. We'd go on Sunday morning, Sunday evenings. They'd even drag us off to special revival services. I remember one at Hayes Grove down by Greensburg, Pennsylvania. A sawdust path instead of cement. And it was a big tent that we were in and the preacher was preaching. And Did you ever have a preacher preach and everything he seems to say is right at you? It's as though you're the only, only one there. That's how it was that night. He was preaching and I was sweating just 12 years of age. If someone had put their arm around me and said, Son, would you like to go forward to the altar? I would have ran to the altar. So I sweated it out. And suddenly the service was over and I, I got out of there. The next time I felt that kind of conviction, I was 19 years old. 
I had wasted seven years of my life. I can't begin to tell you how much trouble I got into in seven years. How much sin I got into. It was a horrible, horrible life. Until, until I got saved at 19 years of age. I'm here to tell you the quicker that you can get your sins forgiven. And I like the fact that we can keep asking for forgiveness. Every time I pray, the Spirit sometimes will make me sensitive to something that I need to, to get taken care of. And it's a good thing to keep asking when God brings conviction. We need our DNA changed from Adam to Christ. You've got the earthly DNA. But when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, something spiritual happens to you. You begin to get a mind that thinks differently, a, a heart that's different. Your, your attitudes change and it's because God's given you life. And that comes through Christ. And the habits of sin need broken. And I let God do the convicting here because I love people. And God loved me while I was yet in sin, so I better have that attitude. But God will begin to deal with you. He still deals with me. I'll give you one example. When I was younger, just a few years ago really, <laughs> I would go out in the garage and I'd begin to work. And Dad had taught me how to change the oil. I knew how to change plugs do all the things that you normally do to fix your cup, change tires. All the minor things I never wanted to pay for because they're not that hard to do. But the truth is, I wasn't safe to be around. If I scuffed my knuckles, I would throw the wrench. Then I'd have to go looking for it. I was mad when things didn't go right. God began to deal with me on that. And I can tell you right now, I don't do that so much anymore. <laughs> in fact, I don't work in the garage anymore. <laughs> but at any rate, things are changing. It's, it's, it's a progressive relationship with the Lord. He'll break the habits of sin. He'll begin to give you a, a new heart that thinks differently. And you'll want rid of all the junk to become first fruits of all God's plans to do in Christ. To become the first fruits of all God's plans in Christ. It's the reverse of the curse. And it can begin today for all those who will trust Jesus as Lord and Savior. Isn't that a good deal? To take a life you can't keep and invest it in one you can never lose. It's the best deal out there. Be a deal maker with the Lord. He's got that for you. And all you have to do is ask Him. Ask Him today. If you already have, keep asking. Because He'll keep changing you into the likeness from glory unto glory. We're going to sing a song and, and then close. Let's give God praise for His Word. The reverse of the curse. We're going to enjoy that together.